This is 680 CJOB. Welcome to the main ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. I'm Lewis Classy. Classy, what's going on? Not much, man. Uh, just come into the studio, joined by uh, Steve Strecker. Who's Steve Strecker? He is. Oh, is that that white guy that I found downstairs waiting in the. Yeah, in the lobby? that's the one. Uh, he had his he's hat got some, out. He's got some skills, cooking skills or something like that. He, I he had a sign that said, We'll cook for money. Yeah, really? Yeah, I figured, you know what? Took pity on him, brought him upstairs. Perfect, perfect. Steve, what's going on today, was buddy? It the macaroni. <laughs> the sign? Was that what did it? Yeah. yeah. yeah he tasted the, the macaroni yeah, and brought you up. Exactly. exactly. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some food today. Yeah, let's let's first start by who you are. You know, give a little brief interest to who you are. You've been here before. Yeah. You're a veteran, main ingredient veteran. couple times, yeah. We've we've had some history. Yep. Be, be it good or bad, we'll see where that it's goes. It's always good. It's always good. Always good. good. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm Jesse Strecker. I've been around the culinary scene in Winnipeg for oh I don't know my entire working life at this point. Um, I used to be the head chef over at Arabista in the Human Rights Museum, and uh, I decided to branch out and start my own catering company called Atomic Dinner Rolls. What inspired that? Why did you make the leap to leave there and start your own thing? So when I was at uh, Era, we had done a lot of really good things. I mean, the bu- museum itself is a fantastic place to mm-hmm. work for. You did a really good thing for me. Yeah, the Valentine's, yeah, the Valentine's dinner. Day. That was that, a good time. That was on point, too. That was a really organized, really good dinner. You know, I can't I can't even take credit for that. I had uh, my sous chef. She really wanted to do it. And I'm a firm believer of taking those around you and trying to lift them up. Yep. And, uh, yeah, she knocked it out of the park. She it did. It was good. It was, it was really good. good. But, uh, yeah, no, great place to work for. And uh, we accomplished a lot of things. I did... Um, Restaurant of the Year for 2017 for uh, Chow Magazine. And I just found myself uh, one day sitting in my office doing paperwork and realizing that it's kind of running its course. It's it's going smooth. Everybody's at that point in their career where they want to move up. And the only way that could happen is if I got out of the picture. So I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go and step out on my own. And Are you being serious? I'm, do- I'm being serious, yeah. Wow. You brought them to the top of the mountain. There was nothing more you could do besides mic drop and walk away. Thanks, yeah. Moses. Yeah, or- yeah. <laughs> yeah, park the sea. And yeah. Yeah. Or jump off that mountain and hope for the best, right? <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, uh, true story. You know, it's, uh, We did really great things there, and I've seen a lot of potential in the, the staff, but uh, for them to move up in their career either required them to move out or for me to move on. And I thought, you know what? Great time for me to go and try out uh, my own thing. Right. Okay, so now you're involved in the Hatchery Collective. So maybe you can talk about what it is, who's involved, why it was created. Perfect. Well, if you've been listening to uh, The Main Ingredient for the last, I don't know, like three weeks now. Yeah, we're covering um, this bad boy like a lot. It's awesome. Yeah. A lot of good things. And it's such a great thing to be a part of and such a great thing to go to. So the Hatchery Pop-Up Collective, for those of you that don't know, go back, listen to the other episodes. What we are is about six brands. I think it's eight chefs in those six brands. They get together and help each other out. Um, what I mean by that is that we host pop-up dinners where we'll highlight one of the brands, one of the chefs. So this upcoming week, November 4th, is my week. I'll be doing a menu based around my style of cuisine, and the other brands will be there uh, supporting. They'll either be serving or cooking in the back or just generally being loud, rebunctious people that we are. Um, Get out of here, you guys. I know. It's hard to believe, but Lewis we are. fits right in there. Just Me? Like I'm the quiet yeah. one. Yeah, I know you're quiet. I, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. We, we can't get this guy to talk on a good day, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's just a bunch of uh, local talent. Uh, we have 
quite the eclectic group. We have Caribbean flavors with purple hibiscus. We have uh, the people that took on the Trappist cheese with uh, Prairie Tradition cheese now with loaf and honey. We have an all-vegan concept with Ruffage Eatery, a Filipino concept with uh, Melanian Nights. We have a completely local uh, fair and wine pairing concept with Prairie Kitchen Catering. And then, of course, there's myself, Atomic Dinner Rolls. You have a good memory. That's a good memory you got going on there. I've done this spiel a couple times. <laughs> yeah, myself, Atomic Minerals, I do uh, classic French cuisine, uh, and I try and bring that into a modern era. And what I mean by that is I'll take these classic dishes and I'll add either some molecular gastronomy, some different techniques, uh, just some crazy flavor combinations. It's a lot of fusion. Um, a lot of people will rag on Wolfgang Puck, but, uh, you know, that guy's my hero. He's, he's freaking awesome. I think what he started back in the 80s. <laughs> So cool to work with. <laughs> he right? looks so intense as he says that, eh? Yeah. Friggin' awesome. <laughs> you know what, man? Uh, he is Austrian, and that's one of the most underrated cuisines on the planet. Just gonna right? throw that out there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're nuts. They, all they do, sort of derail you. No, no, no. But, oh man, Austrians are the best. So everyone knows French cooking. Everyone knows English cooking. They can't really cook, and that's kind of a joke, huh? Yeah. Everyone, yeah, I'm you know. Uh, everyone knows, I'm Scottish, man. It's like the bottom of the barrel up there. Everyone knows Italian cooking, but then the Austrians, basically, there's a whole country is mountainous, right? Yep. So they have mountain man food. It's just hearty, delicious, like stick to your ribs food. Uh, I would say like number one, my favorite is Kaiserschmarrn. It's you take a cast iron pan and you make a huge pancake and then you just tear it up with your hands, squeeze some lemon, bunch of powdered sugar, away you go, 2,000 calories get back in the mountains, you know? <laughs> get back to those squats. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious, right? Well, yeah. We have that at our local breakfast shops. <laughs> exactly. I hey, eat that every day. <laughs> I've heard you refer to your, your style of cooking as, um, or the Hatchery Collective as retro-futurism. What does that mean? Yeah, um, a lot of people always ask me about that. So I try and take the best of both worlds, right? I see where we go with culinary arts as a whole. You know, we're trying to go in... Uh, evolving into something a little bit more, something where it's not just a meal anymore, it's now an experience, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the the dates of going out for dinner or movie are gone. Now it's either the dinner or the movie, it's not both. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I think a lot of chefs recognize that and they want to go and put on a show when they put out a plate. So that's what I mean when I talk about futurism. You take these new techniques like molecular gastronomy, like sous vide, dehydration, all these fun techniques, and you go and pair them with some classic dishes. Because I mean, those classic recipes, especially in uh, the French style, which I'm a French boy by heart, hard to tell, but I am. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> those flavors that they have, years of work put into them. They know what they're doing. They're timeless. They're timeless, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I believe every college that does culinary arts in Canada is based off classic French cuisine. Everything. Techniques, anyways, for sure. Techniques, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so being able to go and take all those techniques, all those classic flavors, and being able to go and try and bring them to a future, because, I mean, I did a turducken for uh, a hatchery pop-up before. For anybody that's done turducken, which I know you have, which... I have you. done a turducken. I love oh, your turducken uh, story, by the way. <laughs> Six birds. <laughs> Six birds. Normally, it's three. Turkey, duck, chicken. Right? Slacker. This guy's Slacker. Like, I know, eh? Yeah. So it takes like eight hours to cook. It's fantastic, but you have to debone each bird, stuff them inside each other, flavor each one differently, in theory. Um, roast it, baste it, eight hours of prep. Worth it? 100%. But wow. who has eight hours to do that, right? Right. So what I like to do is I like to take those recipes and see, okay, what can I do to make this more efficient but just as good? So we did a turkey balantine. So a balantine is essentially uh, forced meat, like a mousseline, heavy cream, lots of uh, lots of meat, salt, beautiful flavors. For, for those of you who weren't in the culinary industry for the last 10 years, a forced meat is basically 
ground up meat like deli meat. We, we got to take a break and pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to get into more of, of your turducken recipe. Turducken, yeah. Your turducken, not your turducken, not your 50,000 animal turducken, his three animal turducken, three bird turducken. My right. turducken Stein's monster. Exactly right. <laughs> this is the main ingredient with Kevin Bergen. And I'm Lewis Classy. And we're going to be back with Steve Strecker from Atomic Dinner Roll in two minutes. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. I'm Lewis Glassy. Steve Strecker from Atomic Dinner Rolls is who we have here, and we were talking turducken before the break. Yeah, so turducken, you know, three birds in one, deboned, all made in, eight hours to make. Takes way too long. So I You're do just tur- not patient, are you? Uh, who has got too many for, things to do. Who has time for that, no, man? No, no, you're right. Right? Like, I barely have time to go and get a proper, like, six hours sleep. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. So. I get... Yeah, hey, come on. <laughs> Woke up and came here no at doubt. 7 at night. <laughs> Just sat playing PlayStation all day, baby. There's nothing to run in your own company. <laughs> You're horrible. If it wasn't for this, pants wouldn't even be on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not on right now. <laughs> Are they on? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. you two. Quit, yeah. quit looking to see if I'm wearing pants or not. So I do two duck and balancing. So essentially it's a mousseline of turkey, duck, and chicken. The mousseline essentially is ground meat with cream, okay? You make this beautiful mixture, you roll it together, and then you bake it in a water bath. And a beautiful thing happens. It becomes a solid log of meat goodness, and all the flavors blend, and it takes about an hour and a half to properly do it. It's fantastic. So eight hours. As opposed to eight hours, and it's an hour and a half. And it's just, just as good. You can go and then wrap it in bacon or brush it with some nice oils and rebake it afterwards and get that real crispy skin on it. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> He's not in his head again. Yeah, yeah. I can attest to yeah, this. Yeah, I ate good. it and it was fantastic. How does one figure that out? How does one figure out this process? So Mussolini's are classic French, like mm-hmm. we were talking earlier. They know what they were doing, right? Mm-hmm. But they also like to go and try and do a lot of other things. So being able to go and <clears throat> take those classic techniques and see how we can go and bring them a little bit closer to... Uh, a more efficient day type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I do. I read a lot of books and I do a lot of uh, research online. And that's, I guess that's what it all comes down to is, you know, you just test, right? You try and figure out exactly where you want to go with something. Like you pick a recipe and you think to yourself, okay, how can I, uh, you know, how can I really mess this up? It's either going to go in one of two ways. Either it's going to be fantastic or the girlfriend's not going to be too happy with me. And we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If I can still find to sleep in the garage yeah. or... Yeah, and you know, I still have a girlfriend today, so I think I'm doing something right. Even without the mustache. Wow. Even without, I know, it's uh-huh. so, <laughs> so, so cold We're from days. 30 to 15 in like one day. Uh, so I, I have a question for you. So, yeah. you know, Escoffier, the classic French chef, of course, yeah. the godfather. Yeah. So his whole deal was, as I'm sure you know, he took uh, like the really ancient cooking techniques from like Marie Antoine Carême, and he just basically slashed it into pieces, took all these recipes that used to take like three days and turned them into these like eight hour turducken recipes. Exactly. Right. So do you see kind of what you're doing and the molecular gastronomy movement as like the next level of that kind of simplification? There ain't no way you're going to need to compare myself to Escoffier. There's no way. <laughs> I, I'm not that good, brother. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean you specifically. But and yeah, I don't mean that as an insult. You mean but the, the movement as a whole. The movement as a whole, the yeah. style, for sure. I mean, it's the way it's been going for the last 20, 30 years, right? It's the same way um, with any kind of trend in the, the industry. You have somebody that starts it off, and they really start focusing in. And I think in the next 15, 20 years... 
we're probably going to see even more refined techniques. I mean, the amount of people that are using sous vide techniques these days has jumped significantly since, um, you know, even a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's evolution, natural evolution. It truly Culinary is. Evolution, and, right? I mean, the access to information that's out there these days. It's insane. And, it's awesome. And, and the equipment, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can go online on Amazon and order, you know, I something love that Amazon, you would. I Amazon, by the way. Oh, so good. I love it. Just, <laughs> well, see, this is I how you get the milk. Right? Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazon, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a Prime membership. That's it's all a, I'm going yeah. for, right? Like, exactly just right. give me a Prime membership. <laughs> it's anyway, I digress. I'm totally yeah. digress. But, like, exactly. You can you can order equipment that you wouldn't be able to find in any kitchen, right? But now you can find circulators and um, uh, emulsifying uh, machines and ham wands and everything. Like, literally, you know? life is just two things that makes life easier for everybody, which is information and logistics. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And for sure. we have access to a ton of that right now You're by using your phone. It's crazy, yeah, right? It is wild. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so. Did you know? Interesting thing about sous vide. Sous vide is the act of sous vide for five hundred, Alex. I know. <laughs> so he's like one of those much music like pop up video <laughs> yes. fans. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. Oh, you remember that show? Yeah. yeah, I love trivia. So uh, <laughs> I love it. Doesn't miss a beat. Anyway, yeah. carrying on. So sous vide uh, for those who don't know is basically the act of slow cooking food that's been vacuum sealed in hot water, essentially to keep it at the specific temperature that you want it, so you can make a perfect mid rare steak. See, I'm glad that we have him on here because I talk like it. Like everybody knows what sous vide is. That's what I'm right. Right. He breaks it down. That's what I love this guy. Exactly right. Like, hey, yeah, look, no, that's true. It, they 100%. have those sous vide things that they sell now at Canadian Tire. Yeah, yeah. Do they actually work? Yeah. I'm sure they work for a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> the first time or two. Like, Boys, that wasn't the trivia. So the, <laughs> oh, you're not done. No, no. The trivia is sous vide was actually invented so that the bad cooks wouldn't screw up the chef's uh, food. What do you say, man? What are you saying? <laughs> well, no, but I'm not saying anything. I'm, Interviews all, over. All I'm saying is that you're <laughs> not a Scottier, bro. <laughs> um, no, but what what would happen was they'd get the good cooks in during the day because they hated night service. And then once they discovered sous vide, the good cooks would cook the food and then they'd vac seal it. And then they just throw it in a water bath, right. and then the bad cooks—not the bad cooks, but you know—the the guys that weren't experience. as experienced, yeah, yeah, the less experienced guys would show up and just crack bags open and uh, send it out for service. And then someone realized, oh my gosh, I can make a perfect steak out of this, or I can, you know. And there's so many more things that you can do with it. But that's how it started. Mm, yeah, and that totally makes sense. I mean, most cooking techniques come from some corporation or some big entity that's like, I just want to make the best bottom line. And then once that technology's out there, then all the creative people for get sure. around and they're like, okay, what can we actually do with this? It's like Rational Ovens. Uh, for those of you that don't know Rational Ovens, awesome thing. It's a combi steamer in the oven. You can set this thing into any kind of region in the world and it will pull up regional recipes with altitude for baking and everything. It is, is that right? It's insane. Um, it's literally, you should be able to push a button and cook anything from that region. Um, that is for me. So, that <laughs> hey, I thought Prairie Box was for you. <laughs> that is too, but when I can't have it, that is for me. <laughs> Crazy thing is, they're like I don't know, 130k for yep. like a small one, right? Wow. So like okay, that's that's, a, that's a small house, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm willing to bet that you know, 10, 15 years down the line, we're gonna start seeing some home adaptations of those. Oh, absolutely. And then we're gonna start seeing some of these smaller guys that are able to actually afford it and really push it to the limits on what those can actually do. For sure, that's crazy. Um, we're gonna take another break. And we're going to come back with Steve from Atomic Dinner Roll. And we're going to talk about your menu for your dinner that's coming up. That's November 4th, right? November 4th. All right. So we're going to uh, get the details on that next on The Main Ingredient.
Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. I'm Louis Glassy. Steven Strecker is here from Atomic Dinner Roll. He is part of the Hatchery Collective. His turn is coming up. This is week four. Week five, I think. So week five? Week five, yeah. And it is your turn. Seven courses. Seven courses, yeah. I need, I need you to break it down. Okay, so the menu that we're doing this week, November uh, 4th, this Sunday, it's called Homespun. The whole concept behind the menu, I took a look at what makes Winnipeg special, tried to find location, and it all came back to the people, right? So everything in the menu is based around either some type of demographic within Winnipeg or people that found it with Winnipeg. So, is that hard to do? No, it's super easy, especially when you're working with the Hatchery crew because mm-hmm. they're already so eclectic. I'm pretty sure we hit every demographic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we don't, we're sorry, but we'll find somebody else. No, you okay, do, we'll, right? We'll, yeah, everything. Yeah, the so Culinary Avengers. Totally, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The United <laughs> Nations cul- Culinary yeah, Avengers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, no, uh, super easy to do, especially when you have such a great group of people that you can say, hey, I want to do this. Would this work? Is this going to be traditional in the sense of how you guys would do it, right? Mm-hmm. So a good example for this. We have a beautiful lady by the name of Ave Denze. She does these awesome training Danian dish called doubles. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do a take on doubles. I always wondered how she fit into the group until you guys actually came here, right? And then she was just like one of you guys. It was hilarious. Like yeah. you guys all taking shots and joking around and I'm like, yeah, she's pretty cool group. She's like, you know, she's like the kitchen mom, but in such a more respectful way than for the sure. kitchen mom. Right. <laughs> exactly right. And wow. cooks are cooks, man, worldwide. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're all filthy animals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay, carry yeah, on. So uh, I'm doing the take on that. That's one of the courses. Um, I'm going to try and do a puffed version of a uh, doubles. So doubles, for people that don't know, it is a chickpea, uh, almost like slider. So it has some fried dough, uh, curried chickpeas, a little bit of sauce, which if you're trying to ask anybody from Trinidad what sauce is, they'll either smile at you and just walk away or they'll say, just come over to my house for dinner, man. We'll teach you what sauce is. <laughs> either way, you're going to learn. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, so that's one of the dishes. We're starting off uh, the night with my take on three uh, sisters stew. So three sisters stew, it's uh, corn, beans, and squash. It's a traditional indigenous uh, farming method. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who figured this out, but somebody one day realized that if you plant corn, beans, and squash all in the same pile, the corn will provide a stock for the beans. The beans will provide nitrate for the squash, and the squash will provide a canopy cover to prevent any weeds from attacking those plants. Found that incredible information. I love that so much. Yeah. 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 So, right? Like, so cool. I like to think that somebody was like walking around and just dropped all their seeds and like, ah, screw it. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Look it up. And they're like, oh, hey, this works. So I do a twist on that. So it's going to be served like a gazpacho. So it's going to be a cold soup. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because I'm going to encapsulate each of those ingredients. We're going to have a bubble of um, squash, a bubble of corn, and a bubble of green beans. Uh, Encapsulations, beautiful molecular gastronomy uh, way. Think fruit gushers. For those people out there, think a fruit gusher of soup. So what's in your bowl all you see is three bubbles plus garnish. Then when you actually pop the bubble, it fills up your soup bowl. It's kind of a neat little thing. That is neat. Yeah. Water balloons. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, we're serving that with a little bit of bannock, uh, like a bannock crostini with a little bit of clapshot. Uh, clapshot is like a creamy mashed potatoes. And bannock has some origins in Scottish uh, heritage, right? So I figured that was a really good thing to tie together. How can uh, you look at him? Why didn't you look at me when you said Scottish? I don't think you're Scottish. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're at me. I, could, I could be wrong, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Kevin is Scottish? I don't know. <laughs> Let's get that one I just trending. wanted to know. I just want to, know. <laughs> I just want to, uh, I want to <laughs> shout out my entire family in Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you, didn't you say you were Scottish earlier? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, top English, to bottom. Don't worry, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, so another crust we're doing is a pasta dish. Uh, we're doing 
uh, dill pasta with uh, beef velouté, um, some caramelized corn, um, some goat cheese for our vegan friends out there. There is a vegan option for every uh, dish that we have. Nice. Uh, we're doing a dill harvardi that's made by Ruffage Eatery because as much as I think I can make really good vegan food, their cheese, phew, unbeatable. Isn't it awesome? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. Uh, and that kind of encapsulates the Ukrainian. Um, and it also, uh, Matty Neufeld is our... our What's the best way of saying this? He's our non-Italian Italian. Mm-hmm. Guy loves pasta, and he is Ukrainian. So it's like when I think of this dish, I'm like, ah, this is what Maddie's going to like. Or he's going to be like, this is horrible, Steve. I don't think he will, but, you know, he's a very critical guy. I feel like every Winnipegger at some level considers himself a bit of an honorary Ukrainian, though. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You got it. Yeah, yeah you have to. Ukrainian, right. German, like, yeah. that's our demographic for us whiteies, right? Well, that's how that's what everyone <laughs> grew up whites? eating. Pierogies, dill, <laughs> halopchi, like... Everyone in Winnipeg's tried that. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we're doing that. Uh, our main entree for the night, though, is going to be uh, two types of protein. We're doing a lamb torture for my French uh, heritage. Nice. Uh, so it's a lamb and pork torture, just a little mini guy. And then we're also doing uh, a beef wellington for us English fellows as well. Oh, right? there we are. Yeah. Bit. So, <laughs> still French. But I was like, yeah, English people know this. A little mashed potato, a little bit. He's going to uh, cook it great just for the English people out there. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm boiling it. It's just straight boiled. Um so, and for our vegan option on that one, we're doing a twist on that. We're doing a, a root vegetable wellington. Very similar style to a beef wellington. For those of you that don't know, beef wellington is a nice, beautiful piece of beef tenderloin that's wrapped in spinach, mushroom, sel, and a little bit of puff pastry. So we're doing a vegan option, which is going to be root vegetables of uh, carrot, onion, sweet potato, uh, a little bit of eggplant. I know it's not a root vegetable. Give me a break. Um, and a little bit of phyllo around just to keep it vegan. Uh, nice little tomato sauce on the side. And uh, all the accompaniments will be vegan on that as well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and then um, I'm a big guy for um, kind of community involvement. I mean, obviously, homespun menu. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for my dessert, I never like doing the plate of dessert. One, I think after seven courses, nobody wants to try and shovel in one last dish. So what Speak I like, for yourself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. I have seen you eat. It's crazy. Um, Human garbage <laughs> disposal right here. Yeah. <laughs> Six birds are ducking, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> So one of the big things that I like to do, um, I like to get people up and talking with each other. So I do a dessert station instead. Uh, so I'll be doing homemade truffles, uh, caramels, uh, jellies, chocolates, and we're going to do it with agar agar versus gelatin so that our vegan friends can also enjoy in those. Nice. Right? Yeah. Very cool. Um, it is good to get up, though, and socialize after you've been sitting there eating what, six courses by then. Exactly. Seven yeah. course, get a little stretch and see who's in the room, right? Well, yeah, and the whole night, because I do like to go and try and play around with how people perceive the dishes, I always encourage people to talk to their neighbor and be like, what would you think about this? And they're either going to say that they hated it or they love it, mm-hmm. right? If there's somewhere in the middle, yeah, they probably didn't eat it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the gist of it. Oh, and uh, sorry, Ruffage Eatery, uh, this is the only one that's not based on uh, the diversity of Winnipeg. I did a vegetable course just for roughage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're doing homemade tofu, uh, okara, which is a byproduct of tofu, uh, some saute mushrooms, uh, a nice carrot uh, bermois and carrot puree. And then uh, we're going to go and aspect it. Um, not aspect, sorry. We're going to use agar agar as an aspect to go and gel the top of it so we can have it like a traditional uh, brawn, which is traditional French charcuterie. Mm-hmm. You're so br- you're really digging deep into the classics with this menu. Yeah, man. Like, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you can have the classics and reach from tradition and oh, then yeah. bring, that to the f- bring that to the future, right? Like, yeah, yeah. history is a beautiful thing to go and look back on, get some ideas. And, like, w- what's the old saying? You know, history always repeats itself. Try to do that, at least when it comes to food. Yeah. Just with food. There's things in history we shouldn't repeat. I'm impressed yeah. that you're brave enough to go into roughage territory and purple hibiscus territory, right? Kudos for you to doing that. And, and they'll weigh in on... 
yes. on, on what you're making, right? So every course actually was inspired by something else from the hatchery. Oh, really? Yeah. So we do have a course that has Filipino um, influence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, with Maddie there, he's our Ukrainian-Italian dude. So there's the pasta that's strong in Ukrainian uh, ingredients. Um, <clears throat> Even uh, Loaf and Honey, who looks at a lot of local uh, cuisine and cheese, I have a dish that's tied into them. Uh, it's really my gift to them, and you guys just get to enjoy it. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so let's give some basic information. How do people get tickets? How much are tickets? When it is, where it is, all the good stuff. How they get a hold of if they, if they want to. Perfect. So uh, Atomic Dinner Rolls, we're available on Instagram and Eventbrite for this t- uh, event. It's called Homespun. It's at Marion Street Eatery, November 4th. Tickets are $65 uh, each. However, if you direct email, we are offering the promotion with uh, the main ingredient. If you let us know it's hashtag the main ingredient, you will get a three for four deal. Nice. So you nice. buy uh, three tickets, you get the fourth one for free. Only for uh, our good friends here at The Main Ingredient. Seriously, man. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for breaking it. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back with Everything Chocolate. Do you know what Everything Chocolate is? The Everything Chocolate event? Yeah, it's awesome, and it's in support of such a great cause. Yes, Jenny's here to talk about it, and we're going to talk to her next on The Main Ingredient. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. And I'm Louis Glassy. Jenny Sakobak. Yes. I like saying it like that. Can I say it like that? Sakobak. Sakobak. It just rolls off the tongue. I like, like how that is. Sounds more official. Exactly right. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. You are here to tell us about the Everything Chocolate event. Yes, I am. And it's a third annual. Yes, it is. Right? Yes. So, so maybe we can start by, by, you know, I know Louis loves chocolate, right? I'm a big chocolate guy. I'm a big food guy. Okay. Do you like food? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, Maybe you can tell us about the event. Okay. So uh, it's our third event, and uh, we have an an amazing committee. Uh, We have uh, Jamie Valdez, My Way with Style, Amanda Park from Park and Buzz, uh, Candice, Gloria, Genevieve. These are all the people that contribute to to actually create the event. Absolutely. They've been working really hard behind the scenes to make it happen. Um, So my role as fundraising coordinator for the Canadian Cancer Society is to provide them support for the event. So we all work together as a really good team, but they are taking the brunt of all the work to make this happen. So what it is basically, it's it's kind of a, a unique hybrid event where we have vendors, uh, Winnipeg vendors, who provide a sample of everything chocolate. So it could be chocolate to eat, sweet, savory, chocolate body products, chocolate candles, chocolate honey, it just everything you can imagine in chocolate, and they provide samples to our paid guests. Awesome. How did the idea of chocolate come about? Like, why chocolate? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, uh, chocolate actually, in its purest form, is actually very good for you. And, of course, once you add sugar, then, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, sugar's bad for everybody, but I guess in small doses it's not so bad. But the idea with chocolate is that my friend uh, used to do this Chocoholics buffet, and so basically it's you... Pay fifty bucks for a ticket, and you go and just gorge yourself on chocolate. Sounds so she did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Oh, so she did that one year, and then decided, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore, and wanted to know if I wanted to take the the event on. And I said, sure. And at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do with it, so I thought, okay, well, I'll take it, and then we'll see what happens. So you know, fast forward five years, and I've still got all this files and we thought well let's do something different and mm-hmm. in Winnipeg you're you have your same old same old you've got your walks and your runs and your galas and your you know chicken dinners and so on and so forth so why not go for something new and different mm-hmm. and chocolate appeals to everybody mostly women but you know men like it too mm-hmm. so it's 
I've only met one or two people who say they don't like chocolate, and I don't mm-hmm. believe them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, so anyway, so you buy a ticket, you come in, you get a complimentary beverage, um, appetizers, and then you visit all the vendors, and they each they give you a sample to take home, or you can eat it at, on the spot. And I do have to say that it's at the Hilton Winnipeg Airport Suites now, mm-hmm. the third year that we've been doing it at that hotel, and they are absolutely amazing. And in fact, this year they our event is actually presented by the Hilton Hotel. What does that mean? So what that means is that they are providing the entire room, the ballroom, all the services for free. They are That's donating huge. Yeah, that everything. is. Wow. Dude. Donating everything for our event. So I've been working with Michelle Sullivan, who's absolutely amazing. Uh, there's Mark and all their crew, like their, their employees, the crew... The staff, they're just amazing. They're so responsive. They're basically, what do you need? We'll provide it for you. And so we're happy that we have this wonderful partnership with the Hilton. Makes planning an event a lot easier, right? It sure does. It sure does. And and as I say, they're wonderful to work with. And so um, we've got some really cool things. We've got a Six Degrees photo booth has this thing called a boomy. And what it is, it looks like a space age silver round thing. And you take pictures and it posts to social media. So it sends you a text of your pictures and then you upload that to Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. And it has all kinds of really cool filters. So just fun things like that. It's kind of funny how that social media plays such a big part in events nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost as if Mm -hmm. if you don't take pictures, like it never happened. Exactly. And we have some amazing vendors. So we have a few vendors that have been with us um, every year. Um, Morden's Chocolates, of course. I have to give a shout out to Fred. Oh, they're Um, so good. So good. We were just doing a chocolate promotion. Oh, I've got chocolate bars in the car. I'll I'll bring you guys some. And you forgot them? I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Come on. So um, Morden's, La Belle Baguette, Alex is, uh, so every year he comes up with something really cool. Last year he did a Cocoa Baguette. Okay, so imagine like your usual French baguette. Mm -hmm. He added cocoa to the baguette, and then he did a white chocolate hummus. Wow. So think about hummus, garlic, savory, chocolate, sweet, Mm -hmm. pairing it together on a cocoa baguette, and you're like, I don't know if that works. It was absolutely delicious. It was like amazing. I told him he has to bring cocoa baguettes to the event this year. I have no idea what he's serving. He's coming up with something really awesome. It's kind of nice not to know for you, though, right? Because then you get get to be just as surprised as know, everybody else. I, I know. And so uh, Peter from Gourmet Inspirations, we've got Lend Me Some Sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, just We've got 30 really awesome vendors that are going to be at our event. If you like chocolate, you have to be there. And in support of a great cause. Absolutely, because all the money from the ticket sales and the silent auction are being donated to the Cancer Society. And the money goes to support research mm-hmm. programs such as our Wheels of Hope program. That's our transportation program. We have volunteer drivers that, so if you're going for treatment, they will pick you up at your home or work. They will take you to treatment, and it's at Cancer Care, so um, it's... Um, either Health Science Center or Seven Oaks or Grace or um, St. Boniface, but they take you for treatment. They then pick you up after your treatment and then take you back home or to your work. That's wow. awesome. What a weight lifted off somebody's shoulders, man. It is. And so imagine that you're going through treatment. Um, you know, everybody goes through it differently. And so you uh, either uh, can't take a bus, can't afford a cab, parking can. Well, Parking can be horrendously expensive mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. difficult to park, and right. when you're dealing with traffic. Right. Well, and imagine you don't even have the energy to get up, right? right? Well, no, no. And I mean, it's great if you have a family member or a caregiver. Yeah, but can, if you don't. But if you don't, yeah. this takes the, the, the guesswork and the worry, and they take you door-to-door safe. 
and it's amazing. So, so it helps uh, support that program. We also have a wig program where uh, we have hair, real hair donated that is then made into wigs that we then donate free of charge that's to awesome. women who need wigs. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. So stop smoking program. We have breast uh, prosthesis. So we have a number of really wonderful programs that are available for people who are living with cancer. How did you get involved with Cancer Care Society? Uh, well, Can- Canadian Cancer Society, uh, I've been there. It'll be four years in July. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was working at the Arthritis Society, and I was there for about five years. And I thought, you know, it's time to try something different. And I just like the idea of the Cancer Society because I've had family members. I lost my mom to lung cancer, my sister to um, colon and bowel cancer. So there, there is cancer in my family, mm-hmm. and my mom passed away when she was 55. So when I turned 55, it was one of those, you know, pause and think about, so... For sure, that, that I, always, yeah. That always it kind of weighs on you. Yeah. Um, but, but my lifestyle is different than, than the, like my parents' generation. Mm-hmm. So I'm healthy, I eat right. But having said that, I know people who are healthy, they eat right, they exercise, they don't smoke, they don't drink, they're just, you know, like yeah, they're machines. And just blindside you. And and they, and yeah, it just, you know what, one in two, that's the stats right now, one in two. So one of us. That's crazy One of high. us. That's insane. Will, will be diagnosed with cancer in our lifetime. That is wild. It is. Yeah. And right now there are 6,900 families in Manitoba that are dealing with cancer. Wow. Um, let's wrap it up and you can give some basic information on how people get tickets and all the, you know, how to get a hold of you or. Okay. So tickets are $75 and you get a $40 tax receipt. Uh, we also have a deal for Winnipeggers. So if you want to buy Winnipeg's six, like deals. yeah, six tickets, <laughs> bund- six, a bundle of six tickets, uh, it's $70. You're saving $5 a ticket. You still get your $40 tax receipt. If you want to bring um, your son, your daughter, uh, niece, nephew to the event, tickets are $50. You don't get a tax receipt for that. And uh, you can go on to everythingchocolate.eventbrite.com. So if you can't remember that, go on Eventbrite, look for Everything Chocolate Event. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. You don't want to miss this event. It will be absolutely wonderful, and you'll have so much fun. So bring your friends November 9th from 530 to 930 at the Hilton Winnipeg Airport Suites at 1800 Wellington Avenue. Jen, thanks for coming. Thank you, Kevin. And I have, I have a quick question. Yep. What's your favorite chocolate dessert? Ooh, that's a tough one. And the house lights go down. You've got to single out one. She's like, I got five, yeah. <laughs> five or six. That Do I have to pick one? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's probably been new things that, that you you know figure that are your favorites every year. New ones, right? Chocolate macarons. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Belle Beckett. Yes. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Thanks for coming on The Main Ingredient. Thank you, Kevin. Go out. It'll be a great event. November 9th. Eat tons of chocolate. Yes. Support a great cause. I'm Kevin Bergen. This is Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.